0: Hey guys, and welcome to Your Spiritual Best Friend, a podcast about mental health and astrology. Have you guys ever had a bad day or felt so anxious to the point where you are struggling to find yourself in this vast society we call life? Not to worry, guys, I have felt this way too. The podcast interviews guests from college students to parents and even experts that talk about their journey to where they are in the present moment. So, sit back and relax and remember that you are not alone. Without further ado, let's get started with today's podcast. Have you guys heard about Anchor by Spotify as being the easiest way to make a podcast? Let me explain it's free. Anchor has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Best of all, when even hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, like I said before, Anchor is totally free. So pick up your phones, laptops, or whatever you use, and download the Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm to get started. I hope to hear your podcast. Hey everyone, this episode is brought to you by PodCash as a collaboration between Racket and Stir. Podcast gave away over $100,000 to up-and-coming podcasters as a way to support insanely creative and inspiring podcasters. We know how difficult it can be to get a podcast off the ground and running, but with PodCash, it's a great way to get cash, and best of all, it's all free for your podcast. So if podcasting has been on your to-do list or you're already a podcaster, Go to podcash.com to stay up to date with future podcast happenings. That's again, podcash.com, P-O-D-C-A-S-H.com. I hope to see your future podcast. everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode talks about the story of Anna Leonarda. Anna opens up and shares her journey through experiencing and overcoming cancer to even experiencing sexual dysfunction and how that has really impacted her today. Anna created her own dating app titled Entwined Dating, where if anyone is experiencing sexual dysfunction, you guys can go on this app and find people and find intimacy. Anna has always had a passion for helping people. And like always, guys, you guys can reach out to her and check out all of her work by clicking in the links in the show description. And like always, guys, please like, rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Your subscriptions will help boost the podcast overall. But without further ado, here is my conversation with Anna. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Your Spiritual Best Friend. I am your host, Josh Sanchez, and I'm here with a very special guest, Anna. Anna, how are you doing today, and what's going on?
1: I'm doing great, thank you. Just enjoying the nice weather. It's finally warm in Chicago.
0: But yeah, and I just want to say again, before we really get into a lot of our conversation today, I want to say again, like, thank you for coming out, reaching out, out, wanting to be on the podcast, and to be comfortable with sharing your story. Um, because with this podcast, like a lot of my guests that do come on, like we really want to, I just love to bring new perspectives onto things and and it, we can learn a lot from each other, you know? So I just want to say thank you for reaching out and wanted to come on. Thank you
1: so much for having me.
0: Yeah, definitely. And Anna, I think our first uh, question, just to start off this whole like conversation that we have is when it comes to like work and stuff, what are some passions that you have and what do you really like to enjoy doing for work?
1: Uh, right now, I'm currently um, working on a, an, an app, a dating app, and that's my, my passion is to help people and what you'll learn later in your show, uh, why I created the dating app and who it's targeting. And my goal is just to help people. I went through cancer and I thought, why did I go through cancer? And I think this is the reason why is just to help other people that are struggling with the similar uh, limitations that I that I have.
0: Yeah, definitely, and and I know like when it comes to like your answer, I know there's a couple parts that we can really get into, um, and and for you, like I know you you, you mentioned a lot about like you have this passion for really helping people, and uh, that can that leads me right to my first question, just like when it comes to that passion for helping people, where did that really stem from for you?
1: I think I think I've always been like that. I just I always put everybody else first, and when I went through cancer, I was always trying to help. Everybody else to feel comfortable, and and I was trying to stay strong for everybody else and saying, okay, I'm gonna be okay, you know, everything's fine, and and uh and I just wanted to, uh, I I remember somebody coming up to me and and talking to me about their cancer journey, and it scared the heck out of me. They were talking about chemotherapy and how horrible it was, and I was like, wait, I I I was like I can't do chemo, and I was freaking out, and I felt so alone, so. Then I talked to an, uh, another lady and she was actually in her like 70s uh, compared to the other person I was speaking to was in their 40s. And she's like, oh, chemo's fine, you'll be fine, honey. And I'm like, huh? And I, and I noticed a difference in like the negative versus the positive. I mean, not that cancer is ever easy or treatment's ever easy, but I realized I'm like when I heard that positivity from of somebody, I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, I wanna be like that. I wanna help somebody through their journey. And that's what I started doing was was helping people that were scared, you know, newly diagnosed or having a cancer scare and, and walking them through it and, and trying to help them as much as I could. Cause it, it just, I wanted to bring a smile on everybody else's faces too, with, with like when I was doing chemotherapy, I would wear a pink wig and I would wear a shirt that says cancer sucks. And, and uh, just, just to have people smile and, and, and just keep it a little bit lighthearted because it is a scary time and, and laughter is the best medicine, right?
0: Yeah, definitely. And, uh, and laughter is a very, it's, it is like the best medicine because I mean, I can only imagine for you, you know, like being diagnosed with cancer, you know, how hard that must've been on you initially, like that feeling, you know, because again, like based off of what we learned so much about cancer, you know, it's, it's definitely like a life threatening, like a lot of people do not when they get diagnosed with cancer, they do not come back from that. So like for you to hear someone that was very positive was definitely something that you needed. And, that just leads me right to my next question so for you anna like when you when you did when when you first realized you did get diagnosed you know like you did have cancer like what was that initial thought for you you know and because we all know like like it's a lot to handle
1: Mm -hmm. i was 36 years old and i found a a breast lump in the shower and and i thought well it's probably nothing and i worked in pathology for about eight years as a secretary so i i heard a lot of cancer diagnosis coming in and stuff so i was like these people are they're older and i don't have any cancer history it's probably nothing so and when i got the diagnosis i remember it was on my mom's my mom's 60th birthday i was at her house trying to celebrate her birthday and then i i knew i had cancer and i had to leave the house and not tell her i'm like i can't tell her i'm on her birthday so when i found out i was in shock i mean i was thinking wait a minute am i gonna die and i mean because that was because i thought but Growing up, I always thought I'm never going to make it to my 40s. I don't know what it was. I'm like something in my gut was telling me I'm not going to make it to my 40s. I'm 46 now, so thankfully I was wrong. But so when I got diagnosed, I'm like, this is it. This is maybe this is what's going to happen. I had two kids, and I have two kids, and um, so I started thinking about them, and just a lot of things going through my head. Think because I and I, I all I heard was aggressive cancer. Uh, it's and and I ended up finding out I had three tumors in my in my left breast, and I thought. What it was just, it was just unreal when I, when I got diagnosed and, and I thought, you know what, I need to just, whatever I need to do, I need to beat it. And, you know, losing my hair and, and being forced into menopause at 36 was, it was definitely traumatic and the double mastectomy and, and, uh, but I just wanted to do whatever I could to, uh, to survive and be there for my kids. And, 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 uh, and that's what I did almost 10-year survivor in November, I'll be 10-year survivor.
0: Wow. And, and I will say again, like power to you again for, for overcoming, you know, like those initial feelings, you know, like you said, like you really, like initially, like it definitely, I could only imagine again, like, how much like that is to handle inside of, you You know, like you're realizing like not only physically, but mentally too, like you really have like this serious, like, you know, cause cancer is very like intense and very serious. So yeah. like power to you again for realizing, and that just leads me right to my next question, just building off of that, like, as you were going through your journey, you know, and as you're starting to, like you, like you said, like you're, you took chemo, you know, you're, 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 as you're getting better, you know, like what are some things that you started to realize within yourself as you were going through this? journey, you know, of, of like understanding cancer, you know, and over and overcoming it.
1: I didn't realize how strong I was, I guess. And and another thing too, is, I mean, I went through six or seven surgeries. And it was like, it was constant, constantly going and I had no time to, to worry or to, to uh, feel sorry for myself, you know, and, and, and i was trying to stay positive, like I said, to for everybody else around me. And uh, I didn't realize until probably about six months ago that I'm like, wait, I have never cried about my cancer. I never like sat there and, and thought about it, what I went through. And I'm like, I've been through a lot. And that's when I started realizing I'm like, I need to talk about it. So I actually started seeing a, a therapist about it because I thought, I think I've been holding this all in. And now that I'm, I'm on these podcasts, I'm joining these podcasts and I'm talking about my story more and more. I'm like, whoa, I'm this really affected me as much. You know, I didn't realize how much and that I have PTSD and then, and then I've, I've been through, you know, near death, near death experience. And, uh, and I never thought about it and nine years later, almost 10, you know, so, um, I, you know, a a lot of people would tell me, oh, you're such a strong person. And I'm like, I have no choice, you know, it's either feel sorry for myself and not, not beat this or, or stay, try to stay strong and positive. And so I chose that way. It seemed like a lot easier to, uh, to cope with what I was, was going through.
0: Yeah, definitely. Anna, and, and I want to say again, like, it, it's crazy how like our, our bodies work and how our minds work, you know, like, like you said, like for that, like nine plus years, you know, like you were like, you were like, again, just remaining positive, trying to remain strong, you know, like being there for like others, be, making sure everybody else was positive, you know? So then when it came to yourself, like you came to that realization, we're like, dang, like I, I did not really, Like I have not really talked about this, you know, like you mentioned, like I I didn't really cry about this, you know, so it's like like and, and now you're doing podcasts and stuff like that, too. So and being able to share your story. So I wanted to, again, like just commend you again for your growth as well, because it's very hard to talk about our traumas. You know, it's very hard to talk about our experiences when we are when something as intense as being as getting cancer you know like it's a lot you know so power to you you know for being there for being for taking those steps to to therapy you know and be more open to share your story because like you said you have this passion for helping others and as you're getting more comfortable you know exp- like talking about your story and you're you're just helping out more and more people so power to you anna for doing that and Thank and i you. just want to again commend you for your growth because it again it's it's a lot you know it, it, it can it's definitely a lot and i can only imagine how like I would feel if I was in that situation, you know, I get diagnosed with cancer, you know, like the initial thoughts and the process and all that, like I can only imagine. So power to you. Thank you very much. Of course, at any time. And and just continuing our conversation a little bit when it comes to that, I know you mentioned again, like you have a, like a passion for others. I know you mentioned like, you really love to remain positive. So like, how do you remain positive when you are like, experiencing what you are experiencing but still trying to remain positive how do you do that
1: i it, i had a hard time i guess not, not a hard time but back back in the day early on through the diagnosis i just i saw others around me I'm like okay it could be worse it could be worse and and uh and being negative is not gonna it wasn't gonna help me i knew that in my head and and uh it's uh i just try to like it was such for my kids. I wanted to stay positive or, uh, I didn't want to look sick in front of my kids, you know, losing hair. I know people kept saying bald is beautiful. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, I, I don't think it is. You know, like when you're, when you're sick, you got dark circles on your eyes and your bald, it's like, don't tell me that, you know? So, uh, so like with my kids, I would just wear my wig all the time and wear my hat and just because I, I, I wasn't bald in front of anybody. Like I have a couple pictures without my hair and, uh, and it, it was, uh, I just felt like that was me being sick, but I would try to turn it around. So meaning like my kids i I go, Hey, if you see me without my hair, I go, that just means that my medicine's working and it's, it's going to, uh, it means that I'm, I'm, I'm going to get better. And, and, uh, so I would try to change it around so, to give it a different perspective for, for others and myself as well, just to keep me positive. Okay. I'm losing I'm on losing my hair, but that means that I'm going to get better. It's going to grow back. It's probably going to be, you know, thicker, which it is. I mean, my hair is usually curly. I straighten it, but, um, that was, that was, I was so excited when I had like one piece of hair sticking out, I'm like, oh my gosh, my hair is growing, you know? So, um, so, and just, just help helping other people. I think that gave me some energy and some fuel to, uh, to just keep going and, and doing what I'm doing and, and, and helping others to, uh, to not, to know that they're not alone and not only with the cancer journey, but the other, um, sexual dysfunction issue, which I'll talk about, uh, just talking about that a lot too is, is, uh, is something that is my passion and, and I'm just trying to add, end the stigma of, of a
0: lot of things. Yeah, definitely. Anna. And I, and I will say again, like power too, you know, and, and like, I think that's a good a good way to remain positive, you know, like when you are with your loved ones, you know, like just realizing like, hey, like we're going to get better. It's that positive reinforcement, you know, just keep reminding people like, hey, like this is just all part of the journey. We're going to be OK. I'm going to be OK. And I definitely think like that reassurance, that positive reinforcement, all that stuff that you are that you have been doing, Anna, has definitely been been great, you know, and that leads me right to just like my next question, just like cause I know, again, like when it comes to helping people, what's some advice that you would give to someone that is really like struggling to find themselves or is really going through something that's really hard to overcome. What's some advice that you would really give to them?
1: Just take it one, one day at a time. I'm trying not to think, you know, years in advance and it's very overwhelming when you're newly diagnosed and, and just listen to your doctors and, and be your, of course, you're, you're your best advocate, uh, I know when I was diagnosed, I, uh, when my first doctor didn't want me to get an MRI of my breast, so I had one tumor and then she, she, uh, or the male doctor, uh, told me, you know, we're just going to do a lumpectomy just to take the lump out. And that's it. So I went to another doctor and she's like, let's do an MRI of your, of your breast, you know? So I'm like, okay. So it was, uh, that's when they found the second tumor and then the third, the surgery, they found the third tumor. So it's like, just just listen to your doctors, listen to your gut too, and just follow, take one day at a time. Cause it is overwhelming. You're all these medical terms are coming at you at once and everything. And, and, uh, just, and, and, and follow for people that are wanting to help you. Everybody wants to help. So I know with myself, everybody wanted to give me meals. I'm going to bring food to your house. And I'll, and that, that just gave me anxiety. I'm like, wait a minute, like, don't send me food. And, uh, so think of other ways of how to help, how to help, let, allow them to help you. So what I did was I said, you know what? I would really appreciate if you can cook me meals, but I don't know what, what I'm going to be able to handle with chemotherapy and how my taste buds are going to be or my stomach or whatever. So it'd be great if you just give me gift cards. If you want to do something, please give me a gift card to a restaurant or to the grocery store or whatever it is, so that we can just, as you know, day by day because it's hard to think it's overwhelming to uh it's nice to have help but it's also really hard for me to accept it. So I just try to find other ways to uh to allow people to help because people like, love to help. And uh but definitely take it one day at a time and and uh and if there is somebody that's there that wants to help you on your journey whatever it is try to try to let them do that.
0: Yeah, definitely. Anna. And I know you mentioned a couple answers ago, like, like realizing that you're not alone, too. So like when people are asking for help, you know, like you said, like being able to, you know, to accept that help, but obviously like also realizing within yourself, like, hey, like instead of sending me food, you know, like you guys can send me gift cards and stuff because I know you guys want to help. Because like you said, Anna, it really is a day by day journey Um like you, every day you're going to have highs, you're going to have lows and, and, and it's good for you though, that you do have people in your corner that are willing to help. Um, but just realize that like, you, you are not alone when you are experiencing this too. Cause I know you mentioned that a couple of answers ago and I wanted to highlight that too. Like we're, we're, you're not alone. Like we all got to work together, you know, and, and the more people are there to help you, you know, the, the more positive, the more good energy, you know, that you have, and then you're able to, to, to fight cancer, you know, and now. You're able to share your story and help others so that's great that's great to hear you know so definitely
1: seek therapy too i mean if that's something that that you need that it always helps to talk to somebody professional
0: yeah definitely uh i, I will say group therapy therapy uh, i mm-hmm. i go to i go see in my individual therapist but um for people that are always like a little because individual therapy it's a lot because it's one-on-one and you're doing a lot of the talking mm-hmm. um, but even group therapy as well um because you're hearing other people's stories and, and you're hearing other people's perspectives on what they experience and it really just it, it makes you realize again that you're not alone going through this process. So group therapy, individual therapy, I completely agree with you, Anna, that get get the there is a lot of resources. So it's great. There is. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, transition a little bit. I know we talked a lot about like your journey, beating cancer, you know, and experiencing that. And I really appreciate you opening up and being comfortable with sharing because I know it's definitely very hard to to do. Um, transitioning, I know you mentioned that you created an app. Um, where did this idea really stem from and what is your main focus with creating your app?
1: So I growing up, I had something called endometriosis, which can cause uh, painful intercourse, heavy periods and um, severe cramps and everything so I had that um, growing up and then when I got married and I became sexually active I realized like why does intercourse hurt it always hurt sex hurt and I would go to the doctors and they would say well it's because uh you're nervous have a glass of wine you'll be fine and I was like okay and so I would uh even even like not to get too graphic or too personal but I even inserting tampons would hurt and I didn't I thought it was normal. I didn't talk to, to anybody about it. When I would tell the doctors, they were like, well, you're just nervous. So um, I went to a few different doctors after several years, and they said the same thing. Well, you know, have a glass of wine. So I ended up having a couple kids, thankfully. I was very blessed with that. Uh, and then one day, I couldn't have sex anymore. It, just, it was like hitting a wall. And I didn't know what was wrong, but I went to the doctor again, and, and she's like, a new doctor, and she said, you have something called vaginismus. And what vaginismus is, is the opening of the vagina, there's muscles there, and they're, they're involuntarily spasming or contracting. And what the reason that happens, I had to go to, to a physical therapist, a pelvic floor therapist. And they said that, if somebody, they gave an example, if somebody came up to you and kept punch you in the stomach over and over again, whenever they saw you or approached you, you would eventually just kind of tense up and back away. And that's what my, my muscles were doing in my vaginal opening. So sex became, was, it was impossible. I started doing the therapy and there's like dilators. We have to like slowly stretch the opening. It's a very long process. And, and then I got the breast cancer and I thought, well, forget about my broken vagina, which I would call it broke my broken vagina. Uh, let me focus on beating cancer. And that's what I did. And so then I started doing the treatment after my vaginismus treatment after I beat cancer. And it was like, there was my doctor, I remember my oncologist telling me, he's like, you're going to have, uh, because you're, breast cancer is estrogen fed. The goal is to get rid of all your estrogen. We're going to force you into menopause. You're going to have vaginal dry, dryness. You're going to have lack of libido. It's going to be painful intercourse. And I'm like, I already have all that. So you know, how, how can it get any worse? And it, and it did with the vaginal dryness and everything. So the treatment was even worse for me for the using the dilator. So I kind of put that on hold again. And And I was married at the time for 20 years. And when my marriage was coming to an end, I thought, how am I going to date anybody? How am I going to meet somebody that's going to understand that I, that I can't have intercourse and I don't want intercourse. I don't, I'd rather not have it at all anymore because it's all I can remember is that's all I ever had was pain. And I just kind of fought through it because the doctor's like, well, it's normal. You're fine. So I kind of just dealt with the pain for so many years. And so I thought, well, I, I really like being intimate with somebody. I just don't want to be, I just don't want to have sex because it's, it's just too traumatic for me. And I thought, I'll just be single. And I thought, wait a minute. I went through endometriosis, a broken vagina, cancer, not to just, you know, be alone. And I thought, you know, why did I get breast cancer? Is it because I thought it's because to help people? That's what I thought. Okay, that's why I kept saying, anybody that's newly diagnosed, anybody's friends, anybody's having a cancer scare, please have them reach out to me. I and mean, this is the reason why I had cancer is to to help other, other people. But I thought, well, I need to do more. There's something else that that I'm missing. And I thought, what about guys that have erectile dysfunction? How are they dating? And I was finding that my friends that were going on dating apps, they were meeting these individuals that were in their 30s and 40s. And they're on the second date, or maybe the first date, they're like, by the way, I have erectile dysfunction. I have prostate cancer, I had diabetes, I have a heart condition, I have PTSD, I have antidepressants that are causing erectile dysfunction. And my friends are like oh my gosh there's so many guys out there that have ed and they're so young and they're they're my friends are frustrated about it and i thought well that's embarrassing for these guys and i'm like well how do i meet these guys i mean i wouldn't mind dating a guy with ed and and uh so i started thinking about it i'm like there there needs to be something that i need to create an app because i i couldn't use a regular traditional dating app because i thought that's going to be embarrassing how am i going to tell these guys that i have this issue so I thought, let me create a dating app that takes the sexual expectations out of dating so that people like myself that have these sexual limitations, they can go on dates and meet other people with similar limitations and they don't have to worry about being judged or embarrassed or rejected because they can't have intercourse. We don't, we didn't choose to be like this and, and we deserve to be loved too. And so I created the a, a dating app Entwine and it went live uh, last August of 2021 and we're really excited about it, and that's my passion is just to get the word out and and end the stigma of se- sexual dysfunction because there's a lot of women out there that are still being blown off by these doctors, and they're saying, "Have a glass of wine." And I'm like, you are still still saying that," and 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 then these gentlemen, men that have erectile dysfunction, that's another thing too. It's like some of them might all of a sudden have erectile dysfunction, and they're scared to go to the doctor. It's like you need to go to the doctor because it could be some an underlying condition maybe you're about to have a stroke maybe you're you have a clogged artery or or something it, you know, it could be an easy fix and and uh and i, I when i did some research and i, I realized that there was a uh, 30 30 million men in the u.s have erectile dysfunction and worldwide there's approximately 320 million men that have erectile dysfunction so i'm like i'm not alone there's men that are not alone and there's definitely the ones that are being reported, you know, it, there's, it's, it's a big, it's a big problem. And and it's, and there are cures, and some people may not want to do treatment like myself, I don't want to do my treatment anymore for vaginismus. And I should have the right because I want to do it for myself. And I don't want to, I don't want to do it for somebody else. I don't want that pressure of someone saying, Hey, did you do your use your dilators yet? When is that going to be fixed? I have needs, you know, whatever that the other person would say. And that's why I thought this, this is something that is very, very needed. And not only am I trying to end the stigma of the sexual dysfunction part of it, but I'm also trying to increase awareness. And, you know, if you have a find a lump, like myself, I found a breast lump, if I didn't go to the doctor, I I wouldn't be here anymore, it was an aggressive tumor, if I was too scared to go check, get it checked out. And thankfully, you know, I'm considered to be cancer free almost 10 years. And these men that are having issues, and they're scared, you know, maybe, you know, if it is prostate cancer, you know, they're doesn't mean you're gonna have ED. You know, don't be scared, the longer you wait, the harder the treatments so with any kind of illness. So that's why I ended up doing the, the dating app and, and also trying to increase the awareness of of uh, sexual dysfunction and, and being your, your, be, your best uh, patient advocate.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, and I want to say again, just power to you for for all the hard work you're putting in, um, because like like I said before, like, I mean, we're all are we all experience things in our lifetime, you know, for a reason, you know, and, and for you, like being able to embrace everything that you have experienced and to now create a whole app that's focusing on really just helping others that are experiencing sexual dysfunction power to you for doing that because i know it, that there's definitely a lot of steps that were taken during that and it definitely must have been like a a challenge at first you know to really find like how am i going to put this app all together but power yeah. to you Anna for doing that and and being comfortable again like sharing your story um because again like i definitely think when it comes to like sex and stuff like that too, I definitely think like a lot of, there's a lot of people, it's just, again, like how we're taught as society, you know, it's all about just the physical part of intimacy, but there's so many different aspects of intimacy. There's emotional intimacy. There's, Mm -hmm. there's, there's a lot coming in and it's more than just physical. And I can only imagine for you, like for to hear those doctors say that, that that definitely must have been like very frustrating to hear that oh you just need a glass of wine um to and you'll you'll be fine like like no like this is what's actually going on with my body because again like our bodies we react to certain forms of trauma you know like and to experience that you know and then to have a doctor that's supposed to be an expert say Mm -hmm. that it's sort of just like there's a problem here, you know, in this society. Um, So that just leads me right to my next question for you. Like when you heard your doctor just say, you know, just like have a glass of wine, like how did that initially just like really make you feel?
1: Like I wasn't being listened to or, you know, just being ignored, blown off. And it's like, we're always focusing seems like on on men, you know, Hey, how can we increase guys' libido and, and uh, erectile dysfunction? And then for me, it's just like, Oh, you're fine. And I was like, I just felt alone. And, you know, my friends were like, it hurts. Why does it hurt? Maybe you're the wrong guy. And, and uh, I'm like, that's not, I mean, what am going to do? cheat on my, my husband? You know, it's like, it's, it was, I just felt lost and alone and, and ignored. And, and, uh and it was, you know, a few doctors that did that. And, and I, I remember speaking to a a lady, uh she was just about to get married. She's like, I'm engaged. I'm getting married. And she's actually she asked me what I did for a living. And I told her about my app. And then she's just like. Or her mouth dropped open. She's like, I have painful sex all the time. And I just kind of deal with it. She's like, I'm actually bleeding. I'm having sex and I'm bleeding. And I went to the doctor and the doctor told me have a glass of wine. And I'm like, Oh, I'm like, no. So I was like, you have to get it checked out. Do not. Here's my doctor or here's, you know, go to don't listen to them. I, I just couldn't believe that the doctors still say that. It's like, what year are we in here? know how do you how do they not know what vaginismus is or how do they not know that sex is should not hurt like that they should not be bleeding like that and and so she's going to get married you know and and just kind of deal with it and so i thought that's why i was like i I gotta keep talking about this my i know it's very it's very personal and i'm very you know talking about cancer broken vaginas and stuff and and uh my mom very old school italian she was Tell me uh I can't when her heavy accent, I can't believe you talk about your broken vagina on the internet. I'm like, mom, I'm like, I have to. Because it it is increasing awareness and and uh that's I don't want other I don't want anybody to think that they're alone in any kind of journey that they're in. There's other people that are going through the same thing. So it was it was it was really hard to I remember crying in the doctor's office when it was telling her, I'm like, I have sex with my husband, you know, five times. We've been married for a year, you know, or whatever it was at the time, and 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 she just looked at me. And she's like, "You're okay. Just have a glass of wine." I'm like, oh, "So I gotta get drunk to have a, <laughs> a have sex with my with my partner, my husband." So it was extremely frustrating.
0: Yeah, and and just to add to your point, Anna. Like, I, I can only imagine how frustrating it was to hear that. And I and I definitely think when it comes to like a lot of studies, like there is not a there's not like. An awareness when it comes to that, to understanding the woman's body as well, as much as a man's, because if you really look at our society, like if you look at it as a collective, you know, it, it's capitalism here in the United States, you know, so a lot of like white men have always been in power, you know, so it's sort of just like when it comes to studies on women's bodies or it comes to studies done on, on other people's bodies, other than like a white man's, you know, it definitely, there's a, there's a, there's a lack of awareness there. Um, So I just wanted to highlight that as well. And as well, like by you being comfortable with sharing your story, you know, and opening up you're increasing awareness. So that way more people can understand and what's actually going on when we are experiencing like sexual dysfunction. um, And how, how can we move forward? Because once there's an awareness, you know, that's when we can start to understand as a collective, okay, now there's an increased awareness. Now we can move forward. Let's actually put in the work um to actually help. And that just leads me right to my next question for you. Like I know you've had some bad experiences with doctors. And I know if your your app entwined dating, I, I like the sound of that. It definitely has a good ring to it. Um how has it been so far, like increasing awareness? Like have you had any like really good stories, you know, like because of your app and and stuff like that?
1: I don't have any success stories as far as any kind of matches, but I do have received several emails uh one of that thanking me for creating the app there was a, a I remember my first email I received was from a gentleman that actually taught me something because he said he had something called Peroni's disease and he said that he has abnormal so Peroni's disease is abnormal curvature of the penis and I guess it could be like kind of banana shaped and it can cause painful in, intercourse making an intercourse impossible and it can also cause painful erections. And he said he's been dealing with this for so many years. And women that he was approaching, he said, I feel I feel like a fraud to these women because I'm I'm talking to them, you know, trying to date them. And then when I finally reach the point where I'm going to tell them about my condition, I feel like a fraud because I'm not being honest. And he's like, with your app, I'm able to go on your app and not have to worry about that. It takes the expectations off right away. And I don't even have to talk about my condition until, you know, I'm ready. And And I was like, oh, Peroni's disease. I didn't even hear about that. And I I guess that's, you know, that's common too. And, uh, and I heard from another woman that said the same, similar thing where she said that she's, she's been alone for 15 years. She hasn't dated because she's tired of being rejected all the time because she doesn't want to have intercourse. She doesn't have, she has a lack of libido, vaginal dryness, pain, and she just wants to be with somebody for the other forms of intimacy that are out there. And and she's just like i just can't wait to find somebody that's out there for me that that will understand my condition and accept me just the way i am and i'm like that's right you need to just be yourself and and there's a couple other uh emails that i did receive the same thing similar stories where they just are scared to just be rejected and and now they finally have hope which is that's that's what that's what it that's what i love that's how that's what keeps me going too like sometimes i get i reach a point where i meet i'll meet somebody that says like uh like somebody that, that hosts a podcast i asked him he talks about mainly erectile dysfunction and i said can you can we talk about my app on your on your show because you know i'm guessing 100 of your audience is male and uh he's like no your your app is a dead end app and people, you know, they want to get cured, these guys want to get cured, and you're a dead-end app, so I can't talk about your app. And I'm like, but what if a guy doesn't want to have a penile implant? What if he doesn't want to have surgery? What if he can't take Viagra because it gives him a, a, a big headache or other side effects? What if he, you know, doesn't want to do penile injections? And that sounds painful, you know, and, and I know other side effects to that too. So I thought, and I'm like by myself, I don't have to do treatment. I don't, you know, and I can use this app, and I don't have to do treatment, and the guys don't have to do treatment. So that that was uh, frustrating to to hear that. But then that then I start hearing. So I kind of I kind of ramble a lot. I don't know if you noticed that. Um, <laughs> you're nodding. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so um, I I started meeting meeting guys, and and they'll say stuff like. Uh, I'll tell them about my dating app. And they'll say, like, oh, well, it's OK. You have other holes. Or what about anal? And I'm like, wow. And one guy told me uh, it's the perfect reason. You have the perfect reason why a guy wouldn't want to be with you. So I started hearing all these negative, like horrible comments. I'm thinking, what if there's somebody, this just reminds me, I'm like, OK, this is what I'm doing. This is why I'm doing this app It's to protect these individuals that are hearing these harsh comments, insensitive comments. And not they're not all like that. Most some of them are very honest and just say like, "Hey, I can't be with you because I need to have sex." I'm like, you know what? It's better to be honest. When I hear those comments, like, "You have other holes. What about anal? Um, wait till you're with me. I'll cure you." You know. And I thought, what about these men and women that have been through traumatic sexual trauma, and they have to hear this? And you know, how alone are they feeling? And 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 they're going to probably shut down, or maybe even be suicidal. You know, I've I have come across a couple that have commented saying that they they don't want to live anymore because they have erectile dysfunction. And it's like, No, (laughs) no one should ever end their life ever. But especially for this, there's somebody out there that's going to accept you just the way you are. So it's, it's, there's a lot, there's a lot of people out there that that I want to reach. And they don't even some of them may not even have sexual dysfunction. And they're on my app. And which I found surprising, there's a couple of my friends that are on the app. And I'm like, you have sexual dysfunction. They're like, Nope, It's just, I want to be with somebody that wants me just the way I am. And, and that's, they don't want, that's not all they want is sex. I want someone that wants me for, you know, they don't want that emotional connection. So I found that surprising too, that men and women were on my app and they don't even have sexual, uh, sexual limitations.
0: Yeah. And, and I will say Anna, like power to you as well. Like when you're doing something, you know, that is, that really is focusing on really helping people, you know, you're going to get, a lot of positive feedback. And you're also going to get a lot of negative feedback just because, again, a lot of people in this world are very ignorant when it comes to certain things, you know. And so for, for those people and those guys to say that to you, like I can only imagine like that would have really like pissed me off. I know I would have been pissed off. I, I probably would have probably would have backslapped them, you know, <laughs> they just be like, hey, like you need a wake up slap just to knock some sense into you. Um, but yeah, I can only imagine again. And I think that's one of the the, the keys when it comes to creating something new, creating like, like an app that's really focusing on like a new demographic that, that so many people are not, are are not obviously not educated enough and don't have that awareness. So power to you for doing that, taking those initial steps and, and really trying to help people. Because at the end of the day, like, like you said, like with your app and I know there's, and like with your like being able to be vulnerable and share your story like I know there's a lot of other people too that can connect with you and 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 you guys can you're really just helping out that really helping out other people at the end of the day and that's what's important Um, because we don't want to feel alone we don't want to feel isolated and feel like oh like I'm different from like society like no like we all are human at the end of the day and it's important for us to to grow as all individuals and to really be like our real Happy selves, you know. In order for do that, we need to really just embrace what we do have, you know. In order for us to grow, so power to you for really trying to help people that are experiencing sexual dysfunction to really take those steps and to grow. Um, and I will say, overall, like I've really enjoyed our conversation when it comes to your dating app, Entwine, and and I'll I'll make sure the link is in the show description. So if you guys are experiencing sexual dysfunction and wanted and want to check out this dating app, I'll, I'll put it on the. I'll put it in the show link so that way you guys can all check that out. But transitioning a little bit in, I know we talked a lot about like your journey, experiencing Mm -hmm. cancer, also sexual dysfunction and how like it's really fueled you to have this passion to help others and inspire others. Um, Just talking a little bit about relationships, like when it comes to friendships or even like a romantic partner, like what are some qualities that you really look for? Just
1: someone that's, that's compassionate, understanding Honest and faithful, you know that's that's a huge thing because when you have some with, with limitations that I do have, if I was with a guy that that doesn't have uh, any kind of sexual limitation, my mind in my mind I'm thinking, oh, that person's gonna cheat. So, a so trust is trust is huge. That's definitely a, a number one for me is is the the trust and and definitely the patience because you know with my lack of libido and everything. And it's just like, I feel like there's times where I'm like, well, oh, gosh, maybe I should be alone because I know there's, there's somebody out there that, that will love me just the way I am. And I'm not in a hurry right now. And right now I'm trying to heal myself. And and like I said, seeing a therapist and kind of just dealing with my, helping myself first before I think, start seeking a relationship.
0: Yeah, definitely like like you said, trust and and really just having someone that's very compassionate and, and has empathy, really understanding like where you're coming from and everything that you've experienced is important, you know? So that way you you have this concept of empathy, you know, you're understanding each other, you're understanding each other's perspectives and where they come from, you know, and what they've experienced. And then you're building and establishing trust with that. I definitely think like those two things, like you said, because like like you said, Anna, like you're going to therapy, you know, you really, this is a time for you. Like it's a, it's a very, you're on a very like long journey, you know, and you're realizing more taking care of yourself. And so having people around you that, you know, that you can trust and that that can empathize with you are is definitely important. Um, And my next question, just sticking to relationships, because we all, especially for you, like creating a dating app and like, besides like the, the sexual, like, like limitations and stuff and everything like with that, like why why else do you feel like relationships tend to to fail?
1: I think because of lack of communication. That's number one as well. Because uh, for example, myself being married, at the time, I was always like, instead of saying, Hey, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm scared. I I don't want to, you know, it feels like I was walking into fire every time. Like I was, I, I was trying to avoid all forms of intimacy, which I didn't tell my, my husband, ex-husband at the time or her ex-husband, I should say. Uh, I was kind of like avoiding going to the bedroom, avoiding any kind of touch because I knew that was going to lead to pain eventually, you know? So communication is, is, is number one for, uh, for a relationship to work, especially if you do have, sexual limitations because it's I think with like a lot of guys that if I'm in a support group for erectile dysfunction and I kind of watch what these guys are saying and they're like you know I just avoid any kind of intimacy with my wife because or my partner because I I, I feel like a failure as soon as because I knew they in their head they know eds coming up that's going to show up and and uh but communicating that to your to the their spouse is. I think that's very important because they, they're, the spouse might think it's their, their fault, you know, or maybe he's not attracted to me anymore. So just just a lot of communication is, is very important in any kind of relationship.
0: Yeah, definitely. Like and I definitely think that's a that's a very common theme when it comes to when it comes to men in particular, um, I, I this just because based off of what I experience. I love my friends to death and I've always been the friend where people really come to for advice and stuff. And it, it's really just communicating how you're feeling. Like, mm-hmm. um, I know for me, there's definitely been times throughout my life where I've had anxiety, high anxiety before like having sex, you know, and it's, and it's definitely something that's hard to communicate in that moment, but you have to be able to communicate that like, Hey, like, right now i'm just not in a very comfortable environment because like for me like i I need to have like a certain like mood i need to be able to feel relaxed you know Mm -hmm. so it's like there's been moments where like i've realized with myself you know like where i'm in a very high stress environment there's like people you know i'm just like i'm i have high anxiety i'm not doing this right now you know and it's important to communicate that so that's like my like just to add to your point like just communicating that because if you keep it inside and then you end up experiencing it then you end up you end up just like really like being more self-critical on yourself and like dang i really should have just communicated that you know so as i was hearing your answer and i was just like yeah like i definitely am remembering times where like with me i've definitely been very anxious in moments and 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 sometimes i did communicate some of the times that i didn't i always ended up the next day just like really frustrated with myself because i should have just been like hey like right now is not the good time you know so I, i i definitely think Communication is is a huge key, Anna, mm-hmm. um, to in any relationship, because we gotta be able to understand each other. We're on the same page. So okay. I completely agree. Um, but I will say, just transitioning, I know we talked a lot about your dating app, your passions, relationships. You've really given some great advice and some great insight. Um, when it comes to astrology, I always like to have my guests, I'd like to connect a little astrology aspect to it um so my question for you anna is when it comes to astrology have you what's your overall relationship with you have, have, has someone ever told you like what your sign is or just overall like how you feel about it
1: um i i haven't really had like a an astrology reading before i guess <laughs> and i don't really follow really follow it uh, to be to be honest with you i mean there was once in a while i'd be like oh does a aquarius and libra match you know so I'll do something like that but I, I i believe in that that universe stuff like you know I don't, I don't know, but otherwise, no, I don't really, <laughs> I haven't really looked into it too much.
0: Well, yeah, I, I definitely think you're really going to enjoy this part then. Uh, because, uh, like what I do with my guests on, on this that, that come on, like we, I just stick to the basics just because again, like astrology can get really deep. There's like yeah. houses and there's degrees and I usually just like to stick to a little bit of the basics. Um, so pretty much the planets that I really look at when I, when I have all my guest charts is, uh your sun sign. So your sun sign is like, people ask you like, Oh, like what's your sign? Like, that's pretty much like your core qualities. Um, so like for you, you are an Aquarius. So Aquarius is, are very like future oriented. They're very like deep thinkers. Um, they're really good at like creating like new content. And it, it makes a lot of sense when it comes to like, like you creating the app and, and to add to that your moon sign. So your moon sign is, a pisces so your moon sign is how you process things emotionally um so your sun sign obviously is an aquarius which is an air sign but your moon sign is in a water sign in pisces so with that like because comes like the like the ability you really want to create things you really want to a lot of pisces energy it's very kind gentle so you really want to like understand other people's perspectives but with sometimes with that pisces energy you can get taken advantage of because of being too nice, you know? So as I was hearing you like describe like your journey, you know, like you're really trying to help others and be there for others. And you've realized more recently that like when it comes to yourself and self care, like you realize like, Hey, like I'm going to therapy now, you know, like I'm realizing more, like I was keeping so many people up positive, you know, that with yourself, and that's a lot of like that Pisces energy, you know, Anna. So it's like you have a mixture of like creating and future thinking. And then when it comes to like, Empathy, you know, and you have like a, like that, that emotions typically can rule. Um, so that's just the the basic reading that I got so far, just looking at your chart, um, Mm -hmm. but just continuing like, uh, Mercury is the planet of communication. So that's like communication style. So some people are very, like very blunt with their communication. Some people are very like, they communicate with their emotions. Some people, they communicate logically, and yours is in Capricorn. So Capricorns are very logical. So like you really liked, cause I know I noticed know cause I have some Capricorn in my chart. So it's very just like goal oriented. So like your communication style is very just like practical down to earth. Like you might take some time to communicate, but when you do, it's very, it's very real and authentic. And then with Venus, your Venus is like love language. So like qualities you look for in a partner and um once we're done recording you can you can maybe like realize like hey like did i what like what was my past partners like what were their signs but yours is in capricorn so similar to like how you communicate like capricorns are very goal oriented so you're so like you're very into like when it comes to like relationship wise like some qualities you really look for are very goal oriented you know like that's based off of just what i'm saying like when it comes to like astrology very like uh capricorns are earth signs <laughs> so like bodies a little bit but also like very like hardworking goal-oriented all that all that stuff too so just like i usually like to stick again to a little bit of the basics but how do you feel so far when it comes to like a little bit of like the astrology reading
1: sounds pretty accurate <laughs> pretty cool yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: yeah definitely and uh and if you want to know if you want to know more obviously when we're done recording this podcast i can i can send you just like links where how i've learned and stuff and i'll i'll that all that information to you so you can learn a little bit more. Um, But to wrap everything up, uh, there's this website, it's called thehoroscope.co. And pretty much what this website is, is it's a website where a bunch of women, they teamed up and they do little astrology readings based off of your sun and moon sign. So like I mentioned before, Anna, like your, your sun sign is in Aquarius and your moon sign is in Pisces and the reading. So once I'm done giving the reading, just let me know how I feel about it. Um, but you're an Aquarius sun, Pisces moon, and it says an unconventional personality Incentric and fascinating. The Aquarius sun, Pisces moon personality raises more than a few eyebrows, but deep inside these people are affectionate and have simple needs positives for your sun and moon combination, very responsible, original and sophisticated. Um, negatives can be a little bit restrained at times and can be a little bit skeptical at times. Perfect partner, someone who accepts them for them true selves, and word of advice: um, be careful about the quality of their perception. So, as I give you your positives, negatives, perfect partner, and advice, what are some uh, thoughts that come to mind?
1: <laughs> it's a lot going on there. Okay. <laughs> um. Yes. <laughs> I was kind of, I was like listening to part. Of it, I'm like, oh yeah, that's that's me. And then and then you went to the next part. I'm like, wait, what did he just say? Hold on. So that that's just part of my uh, I call it my chemo brain that just kicked in
0: there. <laughs> no, no, it's all good. I, I know it can be a lot all at once because it, it is.
1: <laughs> I I think you mentioned something about uh, accepting or when I first meet somebody that to accept them the way they they uh, like give them a chance to like, accept them for the way they are.
0: oh yeah yeah yeah. so the perfect partner for you is someone who really like accepts you for really like who you are um yeah okay yeah yeah that that was like the perfect partner part yep
1: yes that that's definitely something that uh that i'm gonna need
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah definitely and 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 like i said like astrology it it definitely can be a lot all at once and i just know for me like when i first learned i was like dang this is a lot like i gotta yeah
1: that's why i was just like like, what What
0: it's all it's all good at the end of the day and uh i just want to say again Anna. like if you want to know a little bit more when it comes to astrology i can send you links and stuff and we can all have like a whole different conversation because i know we can go for hours when it comes to astrology because that's how much information it is um but Anna, i really appreciate our conversation i know you mentioned a little bit about your app and stuff where can everybody check out all your work and and all that fun stuff
1: they go, excuse me, if they go to my website, it's at entwinedating.com. So E-N-T-W-I-N-E dating.com. And they can also follow me on Instagram at Entwinedating and Facebook as well as Twitter at Entwinedating.
0: Yep. And I'll make sure again, like I mentioned earlier, that all the links will be in the show description. But Anna, again, I have thank you again for a wonderful conversation and please stay safe.
1: Thank you. Thanks again for having me.